been talking about faith in action, and we've been talking about faith, and uh, we've been doing that. This is, again, lesson number five. Just to let you know where we've come from, if you haven't been, we started this in, uh, oh, late January and went through February, and here it is. Can you believe it's March? So, wow. So, uh, anyway, you know, when I was a kid, let me say it, let me start this way. When I was a kid, you know, life didn't make sense to me. There was a, it was like life was a jigsaw puzzle and you didn't know how to put it together and some pieces were missing. When I came to Jesus just before my 18th birthday, the jigsaw puzzle for me started getting put together. And, you know, if you've ever been to school and had uh, courses in philosophy, philosophers have, have wondered for thousands of years, what is the meaning of life? Why is man, which is so intricately made, we're so, we, we're, we're, we're so diverse, we're so complicated, uh, why do we die at such a relatively early age? I mean, God created us to thrive, to create, to uh, oversee the earth and why in the world they don't even say god for philosophers why is life the way it is why do you die um what is the meaning of life what is the purpose of life when i begin to read the bible how many like me things begin to make sense so so you know here's a bird's eye view of what i've been talking about uh eons ago in history past uh, a perfect being called lucifer the best of god's creation uh corrupted himself, got kicked out of heaven by God, uh, catapulted to the earth. God created uh, everything that we see, animal life, plant life, then human life in his image, and then uh, uh, ordered humanity to oversee the earth on his behalf, gave them a measure of authority. And, and while all that was going on, the first man and woman sinned against God. So the authority that God had given them was play, given to God's arch enemy, Satan. And he began to dominate the earth with darkness. And the New Testament verbiage is uh, that demonic forces of varying ranks oversee you know, the atmosphere of this planet, keeping God and his kingdom away, seeking to keep them away and seeking to hinder us. And that's where faith comes in. The why of faith is because we live in a fallen planet, in a fallen world. And, and because we're all our fallen people, we make mistakes. We have a sin nature that only Jesus can can uh, rectify. Uh, we have demonic forces that are seeking to hinder our fellowship with God and to hinder life in general. There's lots of reasons for our problems and sometimes we don't always obey God. So how many know we need faith? That's the underlying reason that we need faith. We spent several lessons talking about that in detail. If you weren't here, go back and get the get the uh, MP3s, the MP4s online. My notes are there as well. And then we just jump right in and start talking about what faith looks like and, and why you need faith. 1 John 5, 4, every child of God defeats this evil world and we achieve this victory through our faith. So we started with this sheet two weeks ago, the last time I was here, and I only got to point one. So we're going to get, how many believe I could get through the rest of them today? Believe with me. I think I can. I think I can. So uh, last time we talked about number one, faith is given to you by Jesus. Here's the way this works. When you come to know Jesus as Lord, everything that you need has already been provided by Jesus in God. Is that good news? So that means every answered prayer is potentially available. Every healing that you need for your physical body is available. Every answered prayer is available. Every financial need, material need is already available in God. Every circumstantial crisis that you go through where you're in a pickle and you don't know what to do, God's already got the answer. 
<coughs> excuse me, every relational issue. In God, the answer is already there, and we with our faith just simply reach up and receive from Him. That's as simple as I know how to put it. So last time I kind of uh, uh, used the analogy of uh, faith being like a Wi-Fi sense, a spiritual Wi-Fi system. <clears throat> where, where you, you connect to God. He's got everything that you need. And as you exercise faith, what He has for you in the spiritual world, we're blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, right? Everything you need is downloaded as you trust Him, as you believe Him. That's just in a simple, over, almost oversimplified way how that works. So we went into detail talking about that last time. Everything we, we need exists, first of all, spiritually, and then as we trust God, it materializes into the world in which we live. That's how faith works. And so, you know, just like last week, I had several plane rides in various locations up to Nicaragua. And uh, so because I was on an airplane, the airplane uh, obeyed the laws of lift and thrust and overcame the laws of gravity. And the laws of lift and thrust are like the laws of faith that work for me and you. When we're in fellowship with God, when we're in sync with heaven, how many know you can overcome the curse that is on the earth and God can cause you to be blessed in a fallen world? How many think that's good news? So, you know, I just want to give you some good news that, you know, even though life is challenging, there are answers that are available. So that was number one we covered last time. Uh, number two on the sheet that you have here, my second point, I want to talk about this a little bit. Faith can be, fill in the blanks, increased by meditation and practice of the Word. Last time we found out God has given every believer uh, just, just, a, uh, just, a, just a measure of faith. In fact, Romans 12, 3 says God has given every man or every believer a measure of faith. That means if you're born again, how many know you have faith? By grace we're saved through what? And that faith is not of ourselves. It's the gift of God. The grace and the faith is a gift of God, right? So when we come to Jesus, He gives us everything we need to be able to believe Him as we go through life and to navigate life circumstances as challenging as they may be. And we do that by faith. That's the reason the Apostle Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. I wrote in my notes last week uh, or a couple of weeks ago. I didn't mention it first service, did second. Jesus said it over and over again. As you believe, so be it done to you, Matthew eight thirteen. Matthew 9, 29, according to your faith, let it be done to you. Daughter, your faith has made you well to the woman who had a problem for 12 years. If you can believe to some parents who had a sick child, all things are possible to him who believed. To some blind guys, he said, go your way, your faith has made you well. So the, even in Jesus' ministry, when he ministered to people, he was looking for faith because he knew if people could contact him with faith, then that faith would pull from him the the, the thing necessary to meet their need, and it's still the same today. How many hear that? So we talked about that at length. Today I want to talk about how to build up the faith that you already have. Everybody, every believer, everybody say it. I have a measure of faith. That is, I have all of the faith that I need to navigate life. Isn't that good news? Instead of thinking, well, I don't have enough. No, you got it. You know, when I was a little boy, I, I know I'm, this dates me bad. This is late 60s, and believe it or not, when I had hair, I was about nine years old. And so, you know, the popular thing was to have a crew cut, and they had this stuff called Brill Cream. And they had uh, commercial. How many remember Bill? Uh, I see it dates you too. And so, you know, the guy on the commercial, he gets, gets a little dab of Brill Cream. 
And he puts it on his hands and he's got his hair off and he just, and man, that thing's as smooth as it can be all the way back. He's got a crew cut. So I got me some Bill Brill cream. And the, the adage on the commercial was a little dab of do you. Now that's what I think about faith, a little dab of do you. Because Jesus said, if you've got faith as the grain of a mustard seed, it's a small little seed, but it grows a big old tree. You say, well, I don't, got it. I don't have enough faith. You got all you need. You know, we're born, how many know we're born with muscles? Now, you know, the, the jury's out on this. I, I did a little bit of homework, and, and what I found out is the human body has between 646, 50 muscles to 850, according if you, you know, if you categorize and, and specify the muscle groups, then you could get up to over 800 muscles. But bottom line is everybody's born with the same amount of muscles, right? But not everybody's muscles look the same. Would you agree with that? You can tell some people exercise their muscles. For some people, the strongest muscle they have is under their nose. I'll let you figure that. I'm sorry. I, that's, the, that's the boy coming out at me. I had to say that. But anyway, anyway, muscle. So you think about muscle. Think about faith being like a muscle. The more you exercise a muscle, the more resistance it can endure. Now, you know, we went shooting. Did you guys have fun shooting yesterday? Woohoo! We did some clay shooting at Drake's Landing yesterday. One of the guys with us, I don't see him in this service. Anyway, uh, he, could, he could bench press over 300 pounds. You know, you got the big old, you know, you got the big, the big cylinders and such, and they're on either side of the, and he's just pressing. Well, you know, he's a big boy. You know, you know what did that tell you? He's been doing some work previously, right? He had developed his muscles. I had a guy sitting over here. I was in Ethiopia, and I heard this noise coming from the other dwelling. We were in... <clears throat> This guy does over 100 push-ups a day. Well, it shows on his muscles, right? So you exercise your muscles, and you know they can endure more resistance. Yes or no? Faith is like a muscle. And some people never develop their muscles, hence when they hit a lot of resistance, they can't move it, right? Right? So think of faith as like a muscle. So, so think about a problem as having a weight to it. What if you had a, a 10-pound problem? Well, you might be able to move that even if you hadn't exercised a lot. That's a small problem. But what if you had a 25-pound problem or a 50-pound problem or a 100-pound problem, but you've not been exercising your faith muscles? If you haven't exercised any and you're trying to lift 100, bench press 100 pounds, that's going to be a struggle for you, yes or no? You might get it up a little bit. <laughs> Somebody help me, I'm about to fall, you know. Well, what if it's a 300-pound problem? What about a 500-pound problem? So, uh, you know, problems come to all of us. There's various reasons for that. So the idea here is, the idea I've had all my life is develop my faith. I always take time every day to build up my faith. So, you know, physically I exercise a good bit. I I ride bikes and then I work out with things at home and such. And, uh, you know, because as I age, I want my body to remain agile and strong. And, and I want it, that's the only, only place I got to live till I go to heaven. So why not keep up with it, right? So same way with faith. I always need faith and I know that I do. So I do some things every single day to develop the faith that God has given me. How many know you can't pray for faith? You can't have somebody pray for you, lay hands on you and say, I want more faith. No, faith only comes one way, by getting into the Word of God. It's only, it's no, there's no other way. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Jesus said this, Mark 4, 24, amplified, be careful what you're hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back 
to you and more besides will be given to you who hear. So, you know, it's knowing the word and it's getting in the word that develops our personal faith. I like to make things real practical. So uh, Colossians 3.16, Paul said, let the word of Christ dwell in you. Everybody say richly. That means a lot. Rich is abundance. Rich is a full measure. So he's really saying, let a full measure of the word live inside of you. That is how? In your thoughts, in your mind. Now, I've taken that to task. And let me just share with you, again, uh, number two is faith can be increased by meditation and then by practice of the word. So the first thing that I encourage, I do this every day, just about every single day, and I've done it for Honestly, decades, this is, I'm into my 43rd year of life in Jesus, and I started this first or second year, into the first year of my life with God. I know the second year I started this, but I, so I've been doing this for decades, but I'm not kidding, every day I take time to meditate. Now, what do I mean by that? I take a scripture and let it revolve over and over and over in my mind. What does that do? That allows the word of Christ to dwell in you richly. Meditation takes the word here and it drops it about a foot and a half into your heart. And when God's word gets into your heart, it changes how you think and changes how you live. How many hear that? All of us have a belief system on the inside. You can be coming to church for years and the church and, and the stuff just not get inside of you because your personal belief system has never been affected. If all you do is listen to me or somebody else preach, whether it's in a church service or somewhere you find something on the internet or in a book, but you don't meditate, it's probably not affecting you the way that it should. I've got a friend that's read thousands of books but I noticed those books really didn't affect his life in a big way. And as he aged, he keep, kept having the same problem after problem after problem. And one thing I noticed, and, and this friend that I had, you know what I found out about him? He didn't meditate. And me, I'd rather read, a, and I read a lot of books, but at the same time, I make sure that I meditate. Even if I read a book, I'll take notes and go back and read it over and over again. What does that do in meditating? What happens when you meditate? You change your belief system, your underlying patterns of thinking. How many know you live by the underlying patterns of thought on the inside? If you can change those underlying patterns of thought, you can change unbelief to faith, fear to faith, doubt to faith. How many hear me? But, but, but you've got to be steadfast with it. So I've been for a long time because I figured that I'm going to have problems. And if problems are like pounds and I need to be able to lift some pounds... Well, then I need to create uh, some faith that will be able to do that and thrust the problem off of me in Jesus' name. The way you do that is develop yourself in the Word of God through meditation. So, <clears throat> for instance, this morning when I, I studied for a while and I always get up early on Sunday morning, I studied for a while and then I, excuse me, nothing like water. <clears throat> I studied for a while and then I, I, when I start praying, I just thank God for who he is, et cetera, et cetera, and just worship him a minute. But then I said, I always go back to that and say, Father, I want to thank you for some things you said. Then I start meditating. Now I got a whole little train of scripture. Numbers 23, 19. I said it this morning. Father God, is not, you're not a man that you should lie, neither the son of man that you should repent. Have you said and will you not do it? Have you spoken and will you not make it good? Psalm 84, 11, The Lord God is my son and my shield. The Lord gives grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk 
uprightly. Psalm 89, 34, my covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. Psalm 119, 89, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Psalm 138, 2, he's magnified his word even above his name or his reputation. Isaiah 40, verse 8, the grass withers, the flower fades, the word of our God stands forever. And I just keep going on and on and on. They're just certain scripture and I meditate on them over and over. In my day, I'm driving down the road in my car. Sometimes I just cut everything off and I just meditate. Sometimes when I'm sitting after I've had lunch, if I'm by myself, I'll meditate. Before I go to sleep, I meditate. When I wake up at night, I don't count sheep. I meditate. Why? Because if I meditate, the Word's getting in me, and it's just like pumping iron. If the problem comes, I'm going to be ready. How many hear me? You get it? I know i got all these sound effects. It's strange. Nonetheless, that's the way it works. And if you'll meditate the Word... The word will get inside of you. You say, well, I I just don't know if I have that kind of confidence in God because, you know, people have done me wrong. Well, you know what? People have done me wrong, too. And I've had people that said things that didn't do what they said. They say things and they say them just but just to say them is just it's just hot air with no action behind it. But that's not how God is. You've been hurt by people. You can get over the hurt by understanding the nature and character of God. God is not a man. And God never lies. If he said it, he's going to do it. How many hear me? So, you know, I can tell you from personal experience that if you do that, the faith that God gave you will grow, it'll develop. So Smith Wigglesworth said this, I'm 10,000 times bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. What was he saying? I've meditated in the Word, and the Word's been built up in me. And so in the spirit realm, if the devil can see you, he sees the Word in you, I ain't messing with you. Oh, there are sometimes they say, I think I will mess with you to see if that's real. They say, well, come on, I'm going to slap your jaws. And I'm going to keep slapping until you back up, Jack. And that's what you got to do. How many hear me? It's the way it is. So, uh, so you meditate in the Word. So number two is faith can be increased by meditation and then practice. Meditation creates a capacity for faith. How many hear me? So, so getting in the Word creates capacity but to make that capacity real, you got to do something with it. So a long time ago, you know, I was in my first Bible school in 1977, and Jerry Savelle came to our Bible school, and you've heard me say this, but somebody left a pencil. He actually, well, I believe God had me, somebody leave that pencil for me. So he said, he picked up a pencil and he said, you know, I believe God for everything. And he picked up a pencil that looked just like that and said, even though I could go buy it, I asked God for it. That's the way I exercise faith in small things. So here's the idea. If you don't exercise faith in small things, you won't be ready for the big things. How many hear me? I love y'all. I can't, the biggest encouragement I have, two things here in this vein is, number one, meditate the Word every day. I can give you a boatload of Scripture. You can get them yourself. Or, and exercise your faith every day, all the time, and do it in small ways. If you do it in small ways, what you do in little, you'll do in big. What you do in small, you'll do in large. You get it? So, so if, if you become accustomed to trusting God with whatever that comes, you know, it, it'll just work that way. So Jerry Savelle, he went on and on and on and gave other illustrations. So for me, you know, I just, I just, I just I pray about everything, and that's my way of exercising my faith. I ask God to do this and do that. For instance, if I'm, every time, 
Every, everywhere I go, I've got a truck now, and it's not small, and uh, it's hard to find a parking place and I have to back in. So everywhere I go, I say, Father, I need a good parking place. In Jesus' name, for Big Red, my truck is red. I say, Lord, Big Red needs a good parking spot. And you know what? I'm not making that everywhere I go. Visit somebody in the hospital, go to a business, go to a place. I don't care where. Lord, I'm looking for a parking spot. You say, well, why you got to pray about something so stupid? Because what I do in the little, I'll do in the big. You get it? I got a hangnail. I believe God for that hangnail to be healed. How many know that kind of, ow, it hurts. I know you're supposed to mess with the cuticles. I get it, and you won't have as many hangnails. I get that. But I'm just saying, whatever the problem I have in my body, I exercise. For, how many understand that? Whatever physical thing challenges me, be it small or large, I exercise faith. Whatever circumstance, I exercise faith like I said last time, I think Wednesday night. When I'm talking to people, I say, Lord, help me have the conversation. When I'm traveling, Father, I pray about the travel. I pray about the aircraft. When I'm ministering to people there in Nicaragua, I prayed about all my social events there, and the people that I met. I just ask God to do this and this and this and this, and I do it all the time, and now it's so unconscious. I mean, just this morning, the screen messed up. I went back there and said, What's up with the screen? It ain't listening to us. What's going on? And so I prayed. Did I pray? I prayed, say, Father, whatever you need to do, give us wisdom. And it's working. You know, you exercise faith in everything. If all you do is wait till the big calamity comes, you won't have faith. Did you get that? That's what a lot of people do. And because I'm pastor and I've been in the big calamity stuff, I've seen people about come apart. Well, they tell, and I'd never say it, but I know inward, inward intuition. I know this person hadn't done the homework well. We're going to have a tough time. We're going to struggle through this one because they're not ready for the thing that has come. Get ready because we live in a fallen world and things could happen. You want to be ready. How many get it? So, so meditate in the Word and then put your faith to practice in small things. Is that helpful? I mean, I, I just do it. I can't encourage you. I do it all the time. I need a new pair of shoes. I got a hole in my sock. I believe God, Lord, help me, help me to find the socks I need. And, uh, you know, help me to find some new shoes and when I wear the sole out. Help me to find some new britches when I wear them out. Whatever it is. I'm going to the grocery store. Lord, help me find the best deals. Help me to find, right? Pray about everything. If you do that, unconsciously, you have an unconscious faith in God. And you have expectations that when you pray, He's going to do stuff. Huh? And then you'll have lots of answer prayer. Number three, faith takes the place. Now watch this. Faith takes the place of what, what cannot be seen or felt until it actually appears. Now that's interesting to me. I, and I said that specifically a certain way. Faith takes the place of what, what cannot be seen or felt. That way nothing physical about it. It doesn't look like anything's changed. But faith takes the place of what you've asked God for until it shows up, until it appears. Now, faith is a confident expectation. Now, to me, when I say confident expectation, that means when, I'm at, when I've asked God for something and I'm standing in faith, I expect at any time, even though I can't see it, it's going to be there. You get that? I mean, really. So if I'm believing God physically for something... And I've got physical pain. I've hurt my back when I was 16. And ever since then, ever now and then, something happened to my back. So I've had to believe God for my back. I jogged for 33 years. And if you put that kind of pressure on your knees, your knees are going to say, I'm here. Can we talk? Maybe you need to adjust what you're doing. So I'm just saying that I've had multiple problems with, with some of these uh, 
some of these joints and such. And I've had to believe God and struggle through pain and ask God to deliver me and help me and to heal me, etc., etc., when there's no obvious change. So when you do that, what you're doing is faith takes the place of what you don't have but God promised until it shows up, right? Now, now to do that, you do it in the small things. So believe God for a pencil. It ain't showed up yet. You could go by it, but trust God to do it. And then you'll be at the right place in the right... Well, there's people well, look at there, you know. And whether you buy it or whether it's just there, you've trusted God for it. So that's a way of exercising faith. Again, faith takes the place of what you don't have until it shows up. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance. Everybody say substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence. Everybody say evidence of things not seen. So substance and evidence, the amplified, says now faith is the assurance instead of uh, faith is the um, substance, it says assurance or the confirmation or title. You, that word uh, substance really means in the literal in, uh, Greek language, a standing under, that which supports something's existence. So for instance, Susan and I have owned property in other cities because we inherited it from family members that deceased and such. And the only way that we knew we had the property was we had the title deed. And because we had the title deed, we had a piece of property and nobody liked the fact that we had it. Some other people were tied to that property. And so we said, well, it's ours. And we had to file taxes and say, it's ours. And then when we went to sell it, oh man, it wasn't a good thing because we own property, and the other people that had stakes in that property said, no, you don't. I said, yes, we do. Got the title deed. Guess what? We got the money. Because we had the title deed. Right? Say, faith is the title deed. Even though you can't see it, even though nobody else can see it, you know it's yours. Right? So if you need finances, and you believe in God for a project like we are, you can't see the money, but you believe. You have a confident expectation. It'll work out. How many get it? Huh? Faith is the substance of what you hope for. So you believe in God for, for, to go through a grueling circumstance or you believe in God for finances or you believe in God for your physical body. It all works the same way to come through whatever. You believe that even when things look tough, feel tough, seem tough, nothing's changed. God Almighty is on the throne. He's honoring His Word and you believe it's yours now even though you can't see your feet. That's how it works. And you know what works Every time, the only thing between me or you and what you've asked for and God has promised and you have scripture for it is time. The only thing separating you from that is time. And if you can weather the time, weather the storm of time, then one day you'll be smiling and saying, look what God did. Then that also faith is the substance of things hoped for. Then the evidence, everything, everybody say Evidence. Evidence is uh, something that furnishes or tends to furnish proof. That which supports the existence of something. So if I'm walking down the beach on a hot sunny day, wouldn't you like, wouldn't you like that? Can you see it? The water, the waves, the... Ah, you smell the air, see the birds, see the sun. You can see the sun, yeah. And yeah but you're walking in ahead of you. Uh, you see footprints. And they're big footprints. What does that tell you? There's somebody ahead of you walking, right? What is the evidence somebody's ahead of you? Footprints. Is that true? Or, or, or you're, uh, you're on a lake and, uh, and you just happen to look out and you see, you know what a wake is? 
you see that little foamy stuff and a trail, what does that tell you? What does the wake tell you? There's a boat somewhere. Right answer. Yeah. So, so, or you see a contrail, a white streak in the sky. What does that tell you? An airplane, a jet was somewhere overhead at some point in the, in, before, right? So it tells you it exists. So, so you go through uh, a neighborhood and here's your yard and toys are all over the yard. yard. What does that tell you about that house? Children are there. Yay. So faith is evidence. So your personal faith, you're aching, you're in pain. The doctor says it's impossible, but your faith says according to the word of God, be it unto me like Mary said. And you stand your ground. And faith is the title deed. And faith is the evidence, though you can't see or feel it. It's yours. And so what do you do, Father God? Thank you. I don't know how many times hunt thousands of times i've lifted my hand and say father thank you. i've prayed about a certain thing it's not getting you ever prayed about something that got worse instead of better yeah and you know what it just happened so for instance six years ago here's robert sitting here we believe god for this property we got a contract on this property and we and we had to come up with financing in two months right robert and if we didn't second right of refusal said another party if we did not get the uh, financing within 60 days the other party that had a contract second to ours could assume this property right so i knew that so we prayed and we believed god so listen to this so so we went to 11 banks is that true and many times they came into my office in the other building is that true and uh and you know what how would you like nine times the bank says well you got the money man this looks awesome i've never seen such paperwork in such good order but we're not going to loan to you. Well, God bless you. <laughs> now, how do you think I felt? Nine, that happened nine times. How do you think I felt awful? I felt like, Jesus, you know, straighten these men up. But what did I do? I said, Father, we prayed. And I believe I receive. And Lord, I want to thank you or somebody that believes in us and will help us finance this new project. Now, you know, the truth is we got down to the, we got down to the uh, 20, 23rd hour, 59th minute, 59th second. And we did. Two banks said yes. One said we'll give you half. The other one said we'll give it. Well, we needed a letter from the bank. And here's day number 60 is tomorrow, 5 o'clock business day on Monday, April 1, 2013. We didn't have it. We didn't have the, we didn't have the, the, the paper from the bank saying, we'll give you the money. And here's the other one's brief. And we knew the other, other party that wanted the property. They're waiting. Let's see if that church get that. So you know what I'm doing? Okay, it's 5 o'clock. Business day's closed. This is... Here, we're, we're at the end of this one here. Father, you pro here's what I did. Father, you promised me. I think maybe we had a conversation. I said, Father, you promised me. You know what happened? If, if you don't back up, I don't care if your back's against the wall, don't quit. Don't, don't dare quit. And don't be stupid and let go of your faith. I could have said, well, it don't matter anyway. I'm not going to say that. You know what I said, Father. You're faithful. Thank you for working this out. I believe I receive. And you know, I'm like the guy that's got those weights. And, uh, 
and you feel like dropping it, but no, I'm not. I believe. No kidding. We got a call from the owners of the property, what, about 520, that I was, I was tied up. Could, can, can I come and pick the paper up from you tomorrow? We said that'd be fine. <laughs> we called the bank first thing in the morning. Can you get that paper to us? Oh, I'm sorry. We for blah, 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 whatever. We got the paper, got it to the owner of the property, and, and we're in it. Did it work? Yeah. Y'all, I've done that in varying ways thousands of times. You may be going through a physical problem. You got to do the same thing. You got to believe you got it before you get it. How many hear me? Even when it looks like it's not working out, don't be stupid and say the wrong thing. Say what God says. Don't abandon your faith in the middle of the battle. How many hear me? Stand your ground. Stand. Lastly, and about done, y'all can come up here, start, start playing. You'll run me off the stage. Here we go. Faith is never future. Faith is always present tense. Now, that's really important to know. If I'm believing, see, faith is believing right now. So in fact, King James Version, now faith is. And years ago, people that taught me said, if it's not now, it's not faith. So if I'm looking to the future to receive something, I am not in faith. Listen, I am in hope. Now, hope has its place. Hope means I'm not depressed. Hope means I'm not forlorn. Hope means that I believe that things can change. But see, hope is always delayed to the future. And what happens is, if you have hope, you need to grab your hope with your... You hope to be healed, right? You hope to receive the finances. You hope the circumstance changes. But see, faith grabs your hope, which is in the future, and says, I believe right now that I receive. I've asked God to do X, Y, Z, and I believe I have it now. So, for instance, with the building, I every day, Father, thank you for the financing for this property. Thank you for favor with the bank, all that we need. Thank you. Uh, and that's all I said. Thank you so much, Father. See, I believed I received faith that is a confident expectation. So if you're fighting a physical battle with a physical malady and the doctor says it won't go away, you exercise your faith and stand your ground on God's Word even though it gets worse and you stand because you believe right now that you receive even though it looks like it's not working and it gets worse. How many hear me? Or you're going through a tough circumstance and you've asked God to deliver you and show you the way of escape and work the things out and nothing's moving, nothing's changed. You, have, you stand, you're going to say, Father, I thank you. I've prayed and I believe I receive. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And you know what? If you believe you receive, Jesus said the time will come that you will have. Now faith is. How many give? It's not now it's not faith. So I got all kinds of stories. I know in 1981, I had a guy. Uh, now, this is a tough story, but it illustrates the point well. Um, who was in our church? I was an associate pastor in 1981. I got out of the will of God for 10 months, became an associate pastor of a church. How many know you can do the right thing at the wrong time, make a mess? And God can still use you in the wrong thing. He did. He still used my priest and stuff. So. Um, as associate pastor went to see a, a person in the hospital this person uh, fainted on the job passed out took him to the hospital did MRIs and such he had a, he had a brain tumor inoperable brain tumor I walked in his uh, well no I think it was operable they said but it was going to be tough so I walked in his room and when I come in the guy's room he said 
Man, I'm excited. You know what? With his stripes, I'm healed. I said, well, that's real good. That's real good. Let's sit down and talk. Well, I found out there's a book called Christ the Healer by a man named F.F. Bosworth. We have it in our library. It was a book in in one of my schools I went to. And uh, he read that book. He was high on that book. But what he hadn't done, he hadn't exercised his muscles. He hadn't meditated. So his head was full of information and his heart wasn't where his head was. You get it? So he was telling me, I'm, I'm, I'm according, you know, I'm going to be, and here's what he said, I'm going to be healed. I'm going to be healed. I knew right then we lost the battle. And I couldn't get him to see if you really believe and you believe you got it now. But he kept saying, I'm on, God's going to heal me. If you say God's going to heal you, you're in hope and not faith, and it won't work. Now, that's tough to say, but it's true. See, a lot of people say, well, I'm hoping and praying. Well, you might hope and fail. Now I know, uh, now abides faith, hope, and love. Hope has its place. It'll keep you out the depths of despair. Hope is a great thing. Hope is a vision for your future. But take that vision and make it now by exercising faith and asking God to answer your prayer. How many get it? So with this guy, you know, he eventually, a few weeks later, died. And I knew he was going to, and I couldn't change it. I wanted to. Well, why didn't you, the man of faith, uh, lay hands on him and pray? I did. Well, why, why did he not get healed? Lots of reasons. I don't even have time to talk about that, except to say, I love the man, he's in heaven. But you see what I'm saying? He didn't understand the principles because he hadn't done his homework before the big problem came. So I want to encourage you, meditate in the Word. Act, no, act on the Word in small things. Let faith be the substance. Let it be the title deed of what you believe you have from God. Even though you don't, can't see it i've had people you know email me call me talk to me and say well how about pray with me that i'll get a good report from the doctor it doesn't matter if you get a good report from them he may give you a bad report he may tell you nothing's changed he may tell you it's got worse that doesn't affect god and it doesn't affect his word is your faith in the doctor more than god so why are you doing that why do you even say that if you say that it means your faith isn't where it needs to be and you need to exercise now, I can meddle right now, and I need to stop. But let me just say, you know, a lot of times, sometimes, listen, I, you know, I'm practical with life. Sometimes we have problems and don't overcome them because the problem's bigger than our personal faith. And yes, God answers sometimes combined faith. But there's lots of mitigating circumstances that on this Sunday morning, I don't have time to talk about with some situations. How many hear me? So the idea that I have is... I never just want to trust myself only to someone else's faith. Yes or no? A lot of people say, well, I can just get the pastor to pray for me. But what if I'm not around? What if I'm in Nicaragua and something happens? You better learn to pray yourself. Is there anything wrong with praying for someone? No. Do I pray for people? Of course I do. Is that biblical? Yes, it is. But you know what is also biblical? Develop your own faith. My kids, when they were young, I fed them a bottle, I put the clothes on their body, I changed their smelly diaper. As they aged, they put the spoon in their mouth. Jay changed, they put their clothes on, and they went to the bathroom instead of putting a diaper on. God expects us the same way. If you've been in God any length of time, God expects you to develop your own personal faith. And you know, God may answer somebody else's prayer for you out of mercy and grace, but the time will come that God will say, "Uh -uh -uh uh-uh, uh-uh, where's yours? Are you developing? And it may cost more than you want to pay.